Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.3 The Fan is proud to bring you high school football coverage. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on around high school football in the San Diego section with the coach, John Cantera. This is absolutely fantastic that we're getting the high school football back on the air because high school football in San Diego is big time. And Braden Serprenant. Elian Noah to the near side, cuts him 35-40, runs right up the hash mark, he goes to the far side, breaks the tackle to 40, 35-30, 25-20, one man to beat, 15-10, 5, reaches the end zone, touchdown Helix. From player and coach interviews to game picks and breakdowns of the best matchups of the week, we've got you covered on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. And good evening, and welcome to the High School Football Show, sponsored by the Eric Parades Save a Life Foundation. Did you know that sudden cardiac arrest is the number one killer of student-athletes? Register to screen your team this Sunday at epsavealife.org slash the fan. Glad you joined me tonight, uh, Coach Jacques and Tara, along with Braden Soprenant. Braden will be along in a little while, but we're getting high school coverage uh, rolling before the first regular season games get underway uh, next Friday night. Very happy you join us tonight. We'll get to phone calls. We got some great guests. And last year when I started the high school show, my very first guest was the commissioner of the San Diego CIF, Jerry Schneep, and he will lead off the 2019 high school football show. Commissioner, good evening and welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Coach. Thanks thanks for having me again. It's always great talking football with you. Boy, Jerry, it seems like we're starting earlier and earlier for this high school football season, but I think everybody's really excited for a big year in San Diego. I think so, Coach. You know, you, you, you know, one of the things I heard you say recently was high school football in San Diego was big time, and I'll tell you what, it really is. It, it, it's, it's become... I think uh, a, a hub for for high school football in the country, and and we see that with a number of recruits that come out of here and and the quality of teams. Hey Jerry, we're going to jump around to a lot of different uh, things going on in high school sports, but one of the things uh, the last time I had you on uh, uh, right there uh, before the CIF finals, we talked about the mental health initiative uh, that you were working on. Could you give us a little bit of an update on that? Because th- that has to be, uh, I would imagine, a top priority right now with some of the things that are going on with high school uh, kids, let alone high school athletes. It is, Coach. It's, it's, it's really important to me and really important to, to so many people in our section. We've all seen what's going on in, in the country with, with the mental health of, of people, but especially young people. And, you know, I've learned so much about uh, what goes into mental health and how to, how to detect it. And, 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 and our goal is that just, just like the Eric Peretti's Foundation did with, with cardiac um, um, health we want to do with mental health. We want kids to be tested annually uh, to see where they're at, to, to just ask them a few questions and, and, and to get help to those that need it because it is it is so important today and, and so many kids are suffering. So we're, we're still working on a coach. We, we um, 
have 20 schools identified that we're going to start with that that uh, we've met with kids from each of those schools and, and and some of the adults where we want testing to start but we're searching for funding coach it's it's something that's that costs a lot of money to do and, and so we're working on it well uh we'll uh, definitely as the year goes on we'll have you on you can continue to update us because I, I think that has to be a top priority right now for the kids out there Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Hey, one of the things I was reading in the paper uh, uh, last week, uh, John Maffey wrote, uh, in fact, I'll go back because I kept the paper. I, there was so much uh, good stuff in there regarding high school sports. August 7th, uh, it was a Wednesday it came out, and the headline was Ejections an Issue. And you know, I saw last year uh, with uh, ejections for a variety of different reasons, fighting, whatever, 44 ejections last year in high school varsity football. Now, yeah, I guess that's high. You you know better than I, but it works on both sides. I mean, are referees being a little bit uh, tougher now than they were back when you and I were playing, or are kids just getting out of hand? It's 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 a great question and and, and a dilemma for us, coach. So let me let me put it in perspective. Uh, seven years ago, when uh, my second year. We, we had 13 ejections in high school football. Mm-hmm. And, and so to see now, we've seen a steady rise to where last year we had 44. And that's across all levels. It's not just varsity. It's across all levels. But um, it's, it's way too many, in my opinion. And so, you know, we have met with officials. We have met with coaches. Um, I, I don't think there's any question the way the game is officiated today is different than the way it used to be. But, but the Football Officials Association that we work in San Diego, I, I'm telling you, Coach, I think it's probably the best in the country. I know it's the best in the state of California. Uh, they, they are so good with working with coaches and kids, and, and uh, they're, they're really dedicated to the sport. And, and we're not going to back off from what we believe proper behavior needs to be. Um, uh, many of those ejections were for fighting, and it just cannot be tolerated. When, when you take a swing in, in San Diego – our penalties are the toughest in, in the state of California. Kids, kids are going to miss a third of the season when, if, if they, they get themselves in that situation. So um, want to get that message out there for sure that, that you know, the, the, the rules are not getting any easier, but our kids need to play within the rules. We're visiting with the commissioner of the San Diego CIF, Jerry Schneep, joining us on 97.3 The Fan. Jerry, what are some of the new rules this year for high school football? You know, I, I think as far as rules are concerned, Coach, they're, they're mostly related to um, uh, the physicality of the game and how it's changed. You know, um, the, the, the way defenders play is so much different than it was years ago or the way that they have to play. Um, it's still an extremely physical game, but I think what, what, has, what we've seen a progression of in, in recent years is, is taking away uh, the defenseless player hits and and so rules on kickoffs rules on, on the backside of plays and behind plays they've changed a great deal and that's where you know we, we we want it to be safe but we're not we don't want to take the physicality out of it either you know i know i mean that that's what the game is about but but there's a time and a place for it and, and so it's about safety Hey, Jerry, when you get together with, with the other commissioners in the state and they're kicking around rules, does targeting come up like it does in college football and in pro football? Have they talked about putting a targeting penalty in in the high school ranks? Absolutely, and, and, and there is one, Coach, when, when, and that's recent, when, when a player hits a defenseless player uh, that, that is 
viewed as targeting of that player, that is a penalty, and it can be an automatic ejection if it's seen as intentional, um, and it's it's a dangerous play. So we we do see that. We do talk about it all the time. It's talked about at the national level, whose whose rules we adopt. Um, so all, all those kinds of things around safety of the players um, have to be paramount. And you know, even. Two years ago, Coach, we saw a couple of serious injuries for, for targeting, and, and the way our officials call that play now is much different. You know, I, I bring it up because in the games that I've done and seen the last couple of years, I, I hadn't seen that call. Uh, you obviously deal with uh, every game every week, uh, uh, so you have, that's come across your desk a little bit. Hey, I wanted to ask you about the, the 42nd clock, uh, something new this year, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the coaches adjust to that. Yeah, in the end, the the time, the total time between plays, coaches, is probably going to be about the same. But it puts coaches and 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 especially offenses on notice that hey, the clock is starting as soon as the last play ends. That's when we're going to start counting and 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 go forty seconds rather than waiting until the ball set. Both teams are on their side of the ball. You know, we start at twenty five. It'll start at forty, which I, I think will expedite the game a little bit. You won't see the the time in between plays as long as we have in the past. Jerry Schneep, Commissioner of San Diego CIF, nice enough to join me tonight on our high school football show here on 97.3 The Fan. I saw also the horse collar tackle where you reach into the back of the guy's jersey and pull him down. That's been a penalty now for a number of years. But this year, if you grab uh, Kintero on his nameplate and drag him down, that's going to be a penalty. That's right, Coach. You know, at the national level, he saw it as a, as a dangerous play. Uh, obviously, the the horse collar when you get inside the jersey or the shoulder pads it is a dangerous play. But they've expanded that to, to to really the the top part of the back of the jersey, so that you you can't jerk a guy down backwards um, in any manner, or it'll be a penalty. Hey, Jerry, uh, fill us in right now, uh, and I know maybe things aren't completely finalized, but for the CIF playoffs at the end of the year, where are the finals going to be played this year? So we're, we're working on the final details, Coach, uh, and, and working it out with Southwestern College again. Um, we, we've had a lot of discussions, and, and in, in the end, I can tell you uh, the venue is perfect for our championships. There's no better one in San Diego. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a great venue for the fans. You're right on top of the game. It's loud. It's a crowded stadium. Uh, it's a really quality field, and the locker rooms are right there at ground level so coaches and teams love it um and southwestern's been great to us it was all the discussions were a matter of working out the details and the finances but uh we're going to work it out and i think we're going to be there several more years at least hey jerry before i let you go uh, this time of year you know i know a lot have already come uh, across your desk and john labita's desk uh uh, the assistant commissioner, are on transfers. I know there have been a bunch of transfers all over the, their county. There have been players that have transferred out of San Diego, gone to Orange County. Just for the fans out there listening tonight, would you explain the transfer rule going from school A to school B here in San Diego? Sure. So, so first of all, Coach, you're right. Transfers are always at the, at the, at the forefront in, in San Diego and throughout the country, to be honest. Um, the landscape has changed in the last 10 to 20 years where um, it's not always kids just going to their neighborhood school. So, so we see a lot more. And I think the other thing, Coach, is that we're a lot more aware of transfers with, with social media and, and the 
podcasts and different people that are out there announcing kids leaving and going places, we're just more aware of it because the numbers don't tell us that, that we have more than we had five years ago. It's just they're more high profile. So I want to say that, but, but in a, essentially, Coach, if a family moves, if a full family makes a move to a new residence, kids are going to be eligible at the new residence unless they've followed their coach. Uh, whenever somebody follows a club coach or follows a former coach from their school, uh, we investigate that. And, and families have to prove to us that they went there for a different reason. Um, if a kid changes schools and does not make a, what we call a valid change of residence, then they have to complete the sit-out period before they're eligible. So last year we had over 1,000 kids across all sports that, for whatever reason, decided to change schools, did not follow their coaches, did not have those any issues associated with it. So they sat out about 40% of the contests in that particular sport. Um, and then we've always had coach uh, some sort of a hardship that, that kids can gain full eligibility. Um, it, it's, it's a very narrow uh, definition now of what, what meets our hardship criteria. It's very specific, but there are some kids who meet that criteria and can gain immediate eligibility even if they don't make a valid change of residence. So that's simplifying it, but those are, you know, the bulk of transfers, Coach, you know, the valid change, the sit-out period, and the hardship. Hey, Jerry, uh, before I let you go here, is there anything else this time of year you need to get out, not just maybe for football, but for all all the other sports as well that people need to be aware of? Anything, uh, you know, uh, working right now maybe at the state level? So there's always things working, Coach. You know, we're we're always um, trying trying to make things better and, and and give kids better experiences. But, but I would, I would just like to say this, you know, we, we have seven sports that, that are offered in the fall. And uh, if you haven't been to high school sporting events lately, get, get out to see, you know, whether it's volleyball, tennis, water polo, field hockey, cross country, golf, or football this fall to see kids compete. The, the, the quality of athletes in San Diego has never been better. It keeps rising and uh, it's, it's just fun, wholesome sport for the most part, and and, and education-based athletics, there is no better setting for competition, in my opinion. Hey, very well said. Jerry, have a great 2019-2020 campaign, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you on the sidelines here real soon. You will, Coach. Thanks for everything you do, and glad glad you're doing high school football still. It's, It's fantastic for the game. Thank you very much. Jerry Schneep, the commissioner of the San Diego CIF, our uh, first guest, kicking off the high school show tonight. Uh, coming up when we come back, Joni Mose from the uh, Eric Paredes Save a Life Foundation. And I want you to stay with me on this because uh, they're doing an incredible job. Uh, over 30,000 uh, athletes have been screened since 2010. They've got another one coming up this Sunday at Sweetwater High School. We'll tell you more about that. Coach John Cantera, Braden Soprenant, talking high school sports till 11 o'clock tonight right here on 97.3 The Fan. We've got you covered on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. And welcome back, Coach John Cotero and Braden Soprenant. Good way to start the uh, campaign, having the San Diego CIF Commissioner on. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Commissioner Jerry Schneep. And right now we're going to talk with a lady. And I went, like I went to the break and I said, everybody needs to really pay attention to this. If you're 12 to 25... A great opportunity this Sunday down at Sweetwater High School to have uh, a screening for uh, your heart. 
uh, free cardiac screening coming up on Sunday down at Patrick Henry High School between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. And right now we head out on our uh, line, uh, Joni Mose from uh, the Eric Parady Save a Life Foundation, the program manager joining me. And Joni, welcome. How are you tonight? I'm well, Coach. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Well, what you guys do is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I remember uh, talking about uh, uh, one of the last screenings out there at Westview High School. You had 850 uh, uh, people show up for that, another one at Oceanside with 555, and since... uh, 2010, 30,000 people have been screened. And for the fans that maybe don't know what the Eric Parade Save a Life Foundation is all about, why don't you go ahead and give us a little history lesson? Okay, sure. Well, the foundation started, as most foundations do, out of a a tragedy. Um, In July of 2009, Eric Paredes, who was a healthy uh, two-sport athlete, 15 years old, was packing to go on a family vacation. His mom left the house for an appointment, and his dad came home for lunch 20 minutes later and found Eric collapsed on the kitchen floor. And although he started CPR, it was too late, and Eric's life was lost to an undetected heart condition. And so Hector and Rena Paredes Greeson started the foundation to make sure that no other parent or family goes through that heartache of losing um, a child. And, and uh, so the, all of the work the foundation does is to honor Eric's legacy and protect young hearts. You know, I think it's really cool. Uh, you know, uh, originally, uh, you know, you, you worry about your kids and, uh, you know, they're getting their physical. But a lot of times those physicals are uh, you're in one door and out the other door. But to really have a heart screen, this is really cool. And the thing that I like about it is you're covering the youth athletes at 12 years of, of age and going all the way to 25, Right, right, um, absolutely. And you make a really good point. Um, you know, most of us as parents are used to taking our kids to annual checkups or well, well physicals or even pre-sports physicals that they need to do before they can play. But none of those check for a heart abnormality, which causes sudden cardiac arrest. And so I think it's a great way to think about this as an additive piece to those things, um, you know, obviously the screenings that go on with your regular annual checkups. But again, this is something beyond that. And um, sudden cardiac arrest, it's the number one killer of student athletes, and it's the leading cause of death on school campuses. And many of, many folks just obviously don't know that they would have an issue. It lays dormant until uh, it doesn't. And unfortunately, there's about 16,000 youth a year that are stricken with uh, sudden cardiac arrest. Well, Joni, I'll share with you, and I've talked a little bit on my regular show, that I had a heart ablation surgery here a few months back, and I went to the doctor, a doctor that I've gone to for over 20 years, and just for a routine checkup, and she goes, John, there's something wrong here, and they did an EKG on me. Uh, My Mm -hmm. heart rate was at about 140 beats a minute, and I didn't realize that I had anything, but now that I've had the heart ablation procedure, I noticed, hey, I got a lot more energy than I did, say, uh, three and a half months ago. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. If you're out there, you ought to take uh, the Eric Paredes Foundation up on this. Now, I want you to talk a little bit about Sunday and how people can be a part of this, what they need to do, uh, because I know a a lot of people, the last couple times you've done it, uh, boy, you guys have had some big, big turnouts. Yes, and this is definitely a situation we want to screen every youth, 12 to 25 years old. So 
It is being held at Sweetwater High School, which is a national city, but it's open to all the community. You do not need to be a student at Sweetwater High School. You just simply have to be 12 to 25 years old. Um, it's completely free. Uh, folks can either sign up online if they want to choose a time between 9 and 2, and um, that's done at epsavealife.org backslash register. It takes you directly to that page. And if they prefer, they can walk in, too. We take walk-ins, and all the necessary paperwork for parents to fill out would be right there on campus in both Spanish and in English. Um, if a student or a parent fills out the paperwork online, they can just send their child um, to the screening, and they do not need to be there, but they do have to have signed parent paperwork. Joni, uh, go ahead and uh, throw out the website, would you? Sure. It's EP Save a Life, all one word, epsavealife.org backslash register, and the, the backslash register will take you directly to sign up, and there's different time slots to just make it more convenient for people if you want to plan your day. But again, if you're not you don't have access to a computer or it's not your thing, all welcome. Uh, we welcome walk-ins all the whole time. Well, Joni, one thing that I want people to understand, you, you can uh, uh, jump on this as well. When they come out and if they're pre-registered or they haven't pre-registered, it doesn't take really all that long. They're not there more than about an hour, are they? Right, yes. And uh, that hour also includes we, do, we review their uh, medical review form. And then um, every, both parents and the kids all get a hands-on CPR lesson, which is great. They can see how to use uh, an AED. That's also something that we show there. Uh, but they get the actual hands-on CPR to, to, to be able to do that. And then they speak uh, personally with a cardiologist. Everybody speaks personally with a cardiologist after they get their EKG done. And um, if there was any kind of an issue that, that the cardiologist team saw, they would either do an echo right there on site, which is a sonogram of the heart, and then they would be referred back to their primary doctor. So it's really a closed-loop situation. Um, there's nothing but peace of mind that can come out of this for somebody. Um, and international guidelines actually recommend that you get a heart screening up to age 25. So since we've been around for 10 years or so, um, many San Diegans have already brought their kids, but if it's been more than two years, uh, it's really recommended to come back and do it again. Uh, great stuff. Joni, thanks so much for the time and uh, continued success with the Eric Parade Save a Life Foundation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach. We appreciate the support. You're welcome. Uh, Joni Mose, uh, the program manager for the Eric Parade Save a Life Foundation. Again, that uh, website, and again, the uh, screenings on Sunday down at Sweetwater High School. You can go to their website, epsavealife.org uh, slash fan. And uh, you can get all signed up. With that, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, I don't want you to go anywhere. We got uh, a coach who won a CIF title in his first year as a head man at St. Augustine, Coach Joe Kramer. And he brought two of the big boys uh, from his uh, program, guys that are not only known here in San Diego, but uh, known uh, throughout the state of California. Uh, one's being uh, recruited for this year, the other will be the 2021. Uh, we're going to meet uh, senior wide receiver Samuel Scaife, the fourth, and uh, young uh, junior running back Byron. Card, Card, Cardwell. When we come back, Coach John Cantera, thanks for being with us tonight. We're going to 11 o'clock talking high school sports on 97.3 The Fan. We've got you covered on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. 
Horse here set through to the far side. One of the near side ball on the right hash. Barraza takes a snap. He rolls over the far side. He's looking to throw deep. He hucks it deep. Intended for Samuel Scafe. He jumps up and makes a play in the end zone. Touchdown, St. Augustine. He outjumps a couple Helix defenders. A gain of 33 on a 33-yard touchdown pass. And when you got a guy like Samuel Scafe the third, you can make throws like that. Big touchdown there for St. Augustine. Well, that was last year in the San Diego CIF Division I uh, Finals, and uh, St. Augustine in overtime defeated Helix 21-20, to and I've got three of the participants in studio right now. i got the outstanding young head coach of St. Augustine, Joe Kramer, with me tonight. i got junior running back Byron Cardwell, and uh, we've got senior wide receiver Samuel Scaife the fourth. And gentlemen, great to have you here. Thanks, Coach. Thank you for having us. Yeah, great uh, that you guys had come over. I know you got a scrimmage, uh, Coach uh, Kramer, tomorrow night, 6.30 against Granite Hills. Uh, uh, first opportunity to hit somebody other than a Saintsman. Well, I know our guys are definitely excited to hit somebody else, you know, just like every other team in the country. Uh, we've been practicing extremely hard for, uh, I believe, it's 16 practices in a row against each other. So uh, it's always great to get it, you know, go against somebody else in different colors. And I know our kids are excited. And uh, I'm just excited to see actually what we have when we see them on film. A lot to talk about with these uh, gentlemen tonight. Samuel, I got to ask you right off the bat I know you're getting recruited by a lot of different schools. How was your summer? Uh, my summer was great. Just getting in the weight room with my boys and on the field, just putting in work so we can run for the state title next year. Did you guys uh, you go to any camps this summer, or you just uh, go seven on seven passing? What'd you do? Uh, just uh, mostly active in seven on seven. Didn't really go out to any camps this year for uh, off season. Just with the local team, the pro A team, uh, coached by Coach Carter. So, and I did that with a couple of Saints players like Tyson Williams. So uh, that's what we did this summer. Good stuff. Uh, Byron, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, You're coming into your junior year. You had a big sophomore year, well over 1,000 yards. You did a great job of catching the ball out of the backfield. How about for you? uh, What did you do this summer? Uh, This summer, I just worked on my game as like a whole and uh, just was in the weight room and um, just working on perfecting my craft. And that was probably about it I did. All right. Did you guys go to the beach at all? I mean, it was a pretty quick summer. I mean, the football yeah. season keeps yeah. starting earlier and earlier. Uh, we went to the beach as like a team for our, our last workout of the summer. And uh, well, actually, the, yeah, the summer. And we went to the beach. We had like a little beach workout. And then we all we do like our little annual. We, everyone goes into the water. And we kind of just have a little fun in the water. Good stuff. Uh, we're visiting with Joe Kramer, the head coach at uh, St. Augustine. We're visiting with two of his uh, star players, and there are several stars, I might add, on this St. Augustine team. We've got Samuel Scaife, the fourth, the wide receiver, defensive back with us tonight. We've got Byron uh, Cald- Cardwell, uh, the uh, young running back, also plays on defense. Coach Kramer, i got to ask you, a year ago at this time, you were getting ready to uh, get ready to coach your first game as the head coach. You've been an assistant at, at Saints for uh, seven years. How has your life changed in the last 12 months, going from being an assistant to not only being a head coach but winning the CIF title in your first year? Well, it's changed a little bit, John, because people are telling me how great I am. You know, <laughs> which, uh, it's hard for me because I'm, I consider myself a humble person and uh, a person that uh, doesn't necessarily feel comfortable in that role of people praising me all the time. 
Um, now it's kind of the, one of those deals at Saints where last year at this time, people did not think we, we were going to be a very good football team uh, out of the top 10 preseason rankings. So it's, an, it's a significant challenge now where people are ranking us extremely high in the county uh, to, keep our, to keep our players humble, uh, to keep them hungry. So that's kind of a new challenge. And as a football coach, I love that challenge. You know, I, I love um, you know, uh, figuring out how, how do I deal with this team because every team is different. No team is ever the same throughout the history of football. Um, so I'm excited to see what we can do. And uh, it's definitely a new set of um, expectations for us this year. Samuel, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, you were in the program when Coach uh, was uh, an assistant, right? Uh, yes. Okay. How's it changed with him as being the head coach? Has he had a little bit different role, or do you see him the same as he was when you first met him? Uh, the, it's a different role. But the the goal is the same. It's He's still a cool guy, though. Yeah. Huh? Still a player's coach, the best coach in the county, the nation, whatever. He's the one of the best head coaches I've played for. And he's always on us every day to work hard, work fast, the Saints way, and just to get right. You know, Byron, I've been down to, to Saints several times over the years, and I know you know a lot of the different coaches down there. I know Coach Hop. I've known Coach Hop since he was in college, and yeah. uh, I knew Coach Sanchez before he left for the job at San Diego State. And it really seems like Saint Augustine. When you walk on that campus, I know there are a lot of expectations academically there, but it seems like everybody's always pulling the rope in the right direction. Yes. Uh, like our motto at our school is uh, Unitas, Veritas, Caritas, and that's kind of the motto we live by: unity, peace, uh, unity, peace, and love. And um, every like our school as a whole, it's a brotherhood. You know, everyone kind of pulls in the same direction. We all have the same goal. We all want to help like help one another and then help people in our community and stuff. And so like, we just every day just go to school, focus hard, focus, study hard in the classroom. And then if we're, anyone's playing sports or in band, they do that to their best ability and just give praise to everything. Uh, very good. Again, we're visiting with Joe Kramer, the head football coach at St. Augustine. Got uh, his wide receiver defensive back in studio, Samuel Scaife, the uh, fourth. We got a great young running back, Byron Cardwell, uh, who uh, is being recruited, I know, by a lot of schools. And he's not uh, able to sign until February of 2021. Coach, uh, Talk a little bit about uh, the recruitment uh, uh, maybe not just these guys, but maybe some of the other guys in your program right now, because I mean, I know, I remember this past year I was doing a talk show and somebody texted me, Hey, Chip Kelly's here. Chip Kelly's there. Uh, so-and-so uh, Clay Helton's over at this school. It's amazing how many division one head coaches come to San Diego during the recruiting period, you know, right after the season's over, there's still in, uh, a period where they can recruit, but talk a little bit about some of the guys, these two guys in particular, but some of the other guys that are being recruited with your program well we have many many guys being recruited uh from tyson mcwilliams over 17 offers michael ambexture the tight end uh around that same number maybe 20 offers um and then we have some younger guys as well getting offers um so probably seven eight nine division one players within our program from freshman to uh senior year um it's funny that you mentioned chip kelly because um a couple months ago in the off season uh, all of a sudden, I walk in. It's lunchtime, and Chip Kelly's with me. He wants to come down and visit some of our guys, and just to see the, you know, in, in our office, we have you know, fifteen, sixteen players there at lunch, and uh, I walk in with Chip Kelly, and they all kind of stop talking, right? And they all kind of big eyed, and uh, he walks in, and they're all just sitting there like. 
holy, you know, holy crap, this, this famous football coach is in our office. And, and so it's just, it's a blessing to have, um, the type of talent and skill level players we have. And not only the type of talent we have, but the, the quality of people we have at Saints. And, um, you know, there's, I think over 65 Division One colleges came through Saints, um, in, in the offseason to recruit. So, um, you know, we have quality kids with, with, uh, high academic standards. And, um, I think that they, uh, these these colleges think that our kids are going to translate well in their schools, and which I certainly believe as well. Okay, let's talk about Samuel Scaife the fourth sitting right next to you right now, wide receiver, defensive back. Uh, what's going on with him in the recruiting process? Uh, Sam currently has uh, an offer from Army West Point, uh, wow. top twenty five program in the country. Uh, one of our players last year went there, JT Pennick. Um, so it's a high quality football program with Coach Munkins doing a great job there. Uh, he really turned it around. He started beating Navy the last few years, and uh, so Sam definitely has that opportunity in front of him. Which I don't know if there's any better better education in the world than that. Um, but I know he's holding out for for other options as well. Mountain West is all over him. Uh, a couple Pac 12s as well. So Sam's going to find a home somewhere. Um, I don't I don't see. Um, Sam making the choice um, quickly. You know, he wants to weigh his options and figure out exactly what's right for him. And but he's gonna have a lot of opportunities at the next level. How about Byron? Now he's only gonna be a junior, but I know a lot of people are, are already knocking the door for him. Byron has uh, already, I believe, five Pac-12 offers. Also, San Diego State, San Jose State. Um, so Byron's. Uh, Sophomore film was incredible. I mean, every time he touched the ball, he was almost scoring a touchdown. I think the first highlight, first two to three highlights were 80-yard touchdowns on F middle screen, which <laughs> Coach Bright, our offensive coordinator, loves to call because uh, whenever you can put the ball in Byron's hands in space, uh, you know, good things are going to happen. Byron's also going to play a little bit of defense this year. Um, in certain game plans, he's going to play some linebacker when he's out in the alley. Um, so we're excited to see what Byron can do. We just got to build on what he did last year. Samuel, I want to ask you, you had a great junior year. I mean, well over 1,000 yards. Would you end up with 15 touchdowns last year? Yes. Yeah, I think 15 touchdowns and, and averaged over 15 yards per a catch. Uh, what are some of the things that you worked on this summer to, to have maybe even a better year? And, and see, I, I look at both of you guys, and I look at your stats, and I go, man, that's the, those are incredible stats for two guys because you guys have so many guys on the team that are talented and you know you got to move the ball around a little bit but you guys both had great years last year but talk about some of the things that maybe you focused on this summer to to get better as a receiver uh just all around in my game on offense is my speed so I could get on top of the defense and my route running so with route running you can get open uh, just by just the combinations you use is your feet, just double sticks, single sticks, and just my hand strength on the jug machine before practices. What do you consider your greatest strength as a wide receiver right now? I feel like my greatest strength is the ability to just go up with other DBs and contest it in traffic and coming down with the ball. Byron, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, you catch it really well out of the backfield for a young player. A lot of times in high school, uh, programs don't give their running backs the opportunity to catch the ball, but you caught the ball well last year. Has that always been kind of a strength uh, growing up, playing the variety of different sports you played uh, growing up that you could catch the ball? Yes, it's always been like my, one of my strengths. And uh, it's uh, When I was younger, uh, my dad was playing catch with my dad one day. And he, <laughs> we were, uh, his, this is how I saw it, became really good at catching so one time he threw me the ball and I dry, uh, I missed it and it hit right in my face, and he told me he was like, if you don't want to hit, if you don't want the ball to hit you in your face, just catch it. So I think like ever since then I've just everything that's thrown at me I've caught it. So that's kind of like the turning point where it kind of helped me. And then just working with my uh, receiver coach, Coach Douglas, 
he um, he really helps us after practice on the jug machine, like Scape said, and also just during practice, like telling us different techniques and how to catch the ball and timing and everything. Yeah, I had that happen once upon a time when I was a little kid. My brother's 12 years older than me. He fired a baseball, hit me right in between the uh, uh, ears, and boom. Uh, I, I, I all of a sudden started catching a lot better after he uh, wheeled it at me pretty good. Coach Kramer, let's talk a little bit about uh, your quarterback situation this year. You got uh, uh, Anthony Peraza coming back, who uh, helped lead you to a, a title last year, a good baseball player as well. But you also had uh, a good young quarterback transfer in from Eastlake, Richard Colmanero. Uh, how's that battle going right now? Well, it's been great for our team because competition, as you know, uh, makes everybody play a lot harder. And um, Angelo, as you as you know, as you stated, is the uh, returning uh, quarterback from our team, from a championship team that went to the state playoffs for the first time in school history. Uh, he's doing an incredible job. He worked really, really hard in the weight room. Uh, he's gained a lot of weight in the offseason. He's grown a little bit vertically as well. Um, and he's, a, he's an unbelievable leader. Uh, Angelo, I just can't say enough good things about him. Um, Richard Calmanero, uh, highly successful quarterback last year at Eastlake High School. Uh, they were an extremely well-coached and disciplined team last year. Uh, he had you know, a lot of great stats and a lot of great film. And I think we were talking before the show about the Helix game in the playoffs and just sat in the pocket and took shots you know, and was still delivering the ball downfield. So it is an open quarterback competition. And I think that that is uh, one of the things that makes this sport great is that uh, – you know, anytime people are competitive, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna bring the best out of them. So, uh, right now, um, it's pretty even. So we're gonna, we're gonna see how the scrimmage looks, and uh, we're gonna grade the film, and then uh, we're gonna make our decision uh, most likely over the weekend to see who the starting quarterback is going into week one. Now, are you gonna pretty much uh, go with one quarterback, or would you rotate quarterbacks? I, I don't think we're gonna rotate quarterbacks, but both will play. Um, it just all depends on the situation, how that particular quarterback is playing that game. Um, both of them are really, really skilled, as I mentioned before, and they've done an incredible job throughout camp. So uh, it's not gonna be a every other series type deal. It's gonna be kind of how myself and Coach Bright, our offensive coordinator, feel during the game. Uh, but they're both gonna play. Samuel, I want to ask you about recruiting. Some guys really love it. Other guys uh, don't like it at all. They can't wait to get it over with. And like Coach Kramer said, you're, you're kind of going to wait and see uh, you know, who comes in. That one from Army is uh, fantastic. You got that on the table. Uh, but uh, you know, you're know, you going to try to wait as long as you possibly can. You guys, they still have the early signing period, I think, this year. Don't they, Coach Kramer? Yes, sir. How'd that work real quick? And then I'll get back to Samuel. How'd that work for your players? Uh, we only had three guys signed last year, and, they, and none of them signed on the early signing period. Uh, this particular year, there's probably going to be a lot more who are signing uh, in, in that in that area. But um, I, I would encourage our, our our guys to sign early if they know they like a school. Don't wait, you know, just get it over with. That's what I did when I was in high school. I just got it over with. Indiana offered me. I said I want to go there, you know. And I think what it does is take some pressure off of you throughout the year to answer phone calls and now with Twitter, the the three thousand DMs are going to get. Um, so I think um, if, if they like a school and they think this is a good fit for me, let's just commit and let's just worry about our senior year, having fun with our brothers. Uh, hopefully going out and, and having a successful season. Um, but I also understand that people want to wait and, and weigh their options as well. All right, so, Sam, I'm going to go back to you. Are you enjoying the recruiting process right now? Uh, yes, yeah, it's very new to me. I'm just taking every day in the recruiting process day by day and control what I can control. And if I do that, then it will probably end up in my favor at the end. I think that's an outstanding uh, uh, comment right there. Uh, you got to have a little fun with it. And, yes. and the thing is, 
more and more people, when they look at you on tape, they're going to be more and more impressed. And there are, there are a lot of schools out there that are probably still going through the evaluation process. So I like your idea. Byron, for you, uh, you you've got a long ways to go, my friend. You've got two more years uh, playing for Coach Kramer and uh, the, the Great Saints program. You can sign uh, in the 2021 class. How are you looking at it right now? Uh, right now, I'm just really more so focused on this season, just trying to do better than what I did last year. Um, a lot of right now, like I'm talking with a couple coaches, but I'm not really too focused on that. I just, I'd rather worry about that after the season because that's that's all. It's important, but also like playing for my team and my brothers is very more uh, very more important also. Hey, uh, Coach Kramer, uh, we got about uh, two minutes here. I wanted to get your thoughts on your uh, early season schedule. You play in a dynamite league. The league's not easy. Last year, you guys went, I believe, two and two in league last year. We were third place in our league last year. Yes, and you still won a Division One title. That, that tells you how strong that league is with Cathedral and Lincoln, and uh, uh, to say the least. But how about your non-league schedule uh, coming out of the gate? Who are your first three or four games against? So we open with Bonita Vista High School on the twenty third. Uh, the, the following week, we play East Lake, who was. Uh, we used to play them before earlier in my career as an assistant. Now they're back on the schedule. Uh, we played Loyola again from L.A. Uh, at home, thank God, so we don't have to make the five-hour journey. Or who knows how long it could be, right, with the traffic in L.A. Uh, Otai Ranch and Helix are the non-league. So very challenging non-league schedule. Um, I'm really excited to play it. and I know Helix is definitely excited to play us again to get to get hopefully redemption for them. But uh, that that should be a, a, a really interesting game to watch. Um, so I'm excited. I think it's going to be challenging. Samuel, you enjoy that bus ride up there to L.A. last year to beat the Loyola Cubs? Yes, the bus ride there and back. <laughs> and on the on getting off the bus, we had the Jersey Mike sandwiches waiting for us. Well, I was just going to ask Byron that. Did they give you a little meal money and feed you good on that trip? Oh yes, for sure. They uh, we had like Skate said we had Jersey Mike's sandwiches and some chips, and we had a little water. So it was kind of talk with our brothers here and everything. Victory and Jersey Mike's. That sounds like a great uh, bus ride back, if you don't ask <laughs> that me. That was an incredible ride back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, when I ride. saw last year you guys were playing the Loyola Cubs, uh, and I was pulling for you because I know the history behind that program. Uh, for many years, they were one of the very, very top programs in Southern California, and anytime you can go up there and play on their to- uh, turf, and beat him. That's a hell of an effort. So good luck this year. Gentlemen, I know we're going to be seeing you. Uh, probably uh, see you at least for the Holy Bowl, and then uh, sometime during the playoffs we'll run into you. Thanks so much for coming in. Good luck and stay healthy. Yes, thank you for, Thanks, having, coach. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. The head coach of uh, St. Augustine, Joe Kramer, bringing in two of his uh, big-time uh, ball players tonight, junior running back Byron Card- Cardwell. I have a tough one with that one. And Samuel Scaife, the uh, fourth, uh, joining us. When we come back to kick off the uh, 10 o'clock hour, John Maffey from the Union Tribune going to stop by, and he will uh, share his thoughts on high school sports and uh, high school football. i got to tell you, it's going to be a big year here in San Diego. A lot of really, really good uh, players, a lot of really good teams, and we always know about the coaching in San Diego. It doesn't get any better. We'll get to the top of the hour. We'll get you an update. Coming back with hour number two, the high school football show right here on 97.3 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.